This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Jennifer Murphy. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Five Nine. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. The question that I ask every single guest is, what is one thing that people might not know about you? So one thing that people might not know about me is, you know, if they look closely enough at my profile, they'd find out. But I actually have a doctorate in user acceptance of new technology. So I'm technically Dr. Murphy. Nice. I would have every single employee at Five9 from now on. <laughs> I'm telling everybody in the Midwest to call you Dr. Murphy from now on. <laughs> yeah, just don't ask me to uh, to help with any medical situations. <laughs> so for those of the people who are not familiar with Five9, can you give my listeners maybe a, a quick explanation about what you guys do at Five9? Sure. So essentially, Five9 is the leader in the intelligent cloud contact center space. Mm. What does that mean? Well, we help customers to reimagine how they engage with their customers by providing them the technology, solutions, and best practices to successfully migrate from their current contact center infrastructure to the cloud. And then we provide them all of the capabilities they're going to need to essentially do four things to engage with their customers and interact across their customer's channel of choice. So think about being able to call into a contact center to change your phone plan or being able to process a return online via a chatbot. Empower the agents and supervisors who work in the contact center using AI and automation to help them become more efficient and more effective. So answer calls quicker, provide better customer service. Close the loop with customers and ensure they've got a proactive support versus a reactive approach. And finally, help connect the contact center to the business because contact centers have often been associated with a cost center. But now the contact center is the front door to the business. So helping connect the contact center with the other parts of the business, such as sales, marketing, IT, HR, is critical so that data can be shared, processes streamlined, and business impact assessed. So ultimately, it's how do we help customers to engage, empower, close the loop, and connect the contact center to the business. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys say that the contact center is the front door to the business because the more that is surrounding the contact center, the more that it's going to ingrained and integrated into the into the business. So it's no longer that cost center, but it's the it's the essential. There's no longer a choice to move. And improve your contact center like it like it potentially could have been in the past. It's critical. And the other thing as well is that I think with everything that has happened over the past year, it's really opened up the boundaries, so to speak, uh, for what's possible and what a contact center is. So today's contact center can look like, you know, anything. It can look like a traditional contact center where people are sitting in one location in an office or working together, or some customers have completely gone to remote contact centers where their agents are working from home using 
working flex hours and other customers have gone to a, a hybrid approach. And so I think that notion of the contact center really being that front line in the digital world and in many different verticals is definitely key. Yeah, I love that. So with somebody who's the chief marketing officer at Five9, what are the, some of the similarities that you see maybe that between the contact center and the marketing it's actually really interesting and it's something I've been I've been looking at a lot as I've ramped up my knowledge of the contact center space. I come from traditionally a more enterprise IT, the sort of IT operations, applications management side of the house. But 100%, at the end of the day, both domains, marketing and the contact center, are all about how you engage with customers and keep them happy. This means by, you know, that manifests itself in many different ways. So it could be um, different technologies, KPIs or process, but the end goal is the same, to create loyalty amongst new and existing customers and ensure that customers are satisfied. So a KPI in the marketing world may be around, you know, account-based marketing in the contact center that can be around the level of personalization that you give to a customer and leveraging integrations like CRM to ensure that when the customer calls in, you know who they are, you know what they've been doing, and you can have a personalized discussion with them. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about it, it made me think like with marketing, you're trying to educate the consumer. With the contact center, you're trying to serve the consumer, but it all focuses down to how are you providing a better experience for them in the least amount of effort, if it's through the education or through the service. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. And also I think great experiences that if you think of like, when I think of my great experiences I've had with contact centers and agents, you know, it has been where they've also provided me value add additional information. They've educated me on what's possible. So when you call in, for example, to change, you know, your plan or to maybe ask a question about your plan on a a phone line, for example, you know, when the agents can give you additional information, tell you where you can save money, tell you how you can be more efficient and more effective, then And that's a value add. So to your point in marketing, you're trying to educate. And I think that's the way customer service is going now. It's not just about the tactical immediate response, but how can those agents add more value to the customer that they're dealing with? In taking that time and maybe asking that additional question. So one of the KPIs is is first call resolution, right? So Mm -hmm. how are you taking that conversation and potentially asking that additional conversation or that additional question to solve the future problems so they don't have to call back that first time in reducing effort. So it's all about driving that that customer experience inside that contact center. Exactly. So why is it important to be predictive instead of prescriptive in both sales, marketing, and customer service? So I don't think it's actually an either or. I think you have to be both. You have to be prescriptive and predictive. Being prescriptive will help you to scale and ensure you have a solid baseline. Being predictive, on the other hand, and being agile means that you're truly putting the customer first and aiming to get ahead of what they might need, but also adapting to what they do need in the moment. So I think it's very important 
a lot of customers these days have higher expectations. They don't just want someone who's going to deal with that transaction at that moment in time or that issue. They want someone who's going to be a trusted advisor, a partner. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you just want someone to fix your immediate problem. But when you're actually having a productive uh, customer service relationship, it is all about partnership. And that's where as well, I think because everybody has too many things to do, information overload, there's a lot of noise. Being more prescriptive in sales, marketing and in customer service is going to help you differentiate because you identify and you can serve the customer with problems that maybe they don't know they have or before it actually becomes a problem. I love that. So when it, what is the difference from your perspective between mm-hmm. brand loyalty and brand intimacy? Yeah, so that's where the sort of the, the the predictive nature and really thinking about you know putting yourself in the shoes of the customer really comes in. Brand loyalty to me is about how much customers prefer or stick with a brand, and in many cases it relates to buying patterns and behaviours. Brand intimacy, on the other hand, takes the principles of brand loyalty a little step further by appealing more to the emotions and values that a brand and a consumer can share together. So you can develop loyalty by creating intimacy. This is why personalization is so important, in my opinion, because in customer communications and engagements, people don't just want to feel like a case number or, you know, the next person in the line that they've been, you know, they've been queued up to get. People want to have that level of intimacy. They want to, and more so now, they're looking at brands and saying, well, hang on, yeah, I prefer this brand because I've been a customer of theirs. I've been loyal to them for many years, but do their values align with who I am as a customer? And do they have the same sort of approach and mentality to how they engage with customers as what I'm expecting? Yeah, you typically don't hear the word intimacy when it comes to your customers. So I love the fact that you're getting close to them to to be intimate. That means you have to be close Mm -hmm. and to be able to engage and understand and listen and without that, you you don't have that. I think Shep Hyken is the one who says he's got a book called Cult of the Customer. And he's like, it's mm-hmm. not the cult that you typically would understand, but it's it's being obsessed with them. Yes. And 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 so many, so many companies say that, but then they don't take the time to listen. They don't take the time to really understand trends and patterns in what is happening with the customer. Um, That can be often the case of a lot of short-term thinking. You know, you talk about things like average handle time or, you know, first time to resolution, et cetera. A lot of the time, some of the KPIs in the contact center are about efficiency and volume, but having those paired with some of the KPIs that look at more, you know, of the qualitative details, so to speak, I think can really help be a differentiator. Do you believe that, and I know I'm being very, throwing out a question, it's going to be very general, but do you believe that it's because that's not what they're being measured on from the person who is making that decision? Maybe it's the KPI and they're saying, hey, we're focused on revenue or uh, losing a customer or whatever that might look like, but maybe some of the additional things that we just spoke about? Is it because Mm -hmm. they're not focused or measured on it and that they're potentially bonused on it? 
I, I think so, definitely. I mean, you know, KPIs tend to drive behaviours, right? Whether that's in the contact centre, whether that's in sales or whether that's in marketing. People want to do the right thing, but at the same time, you know, if it comes at the end of the quarter uh, or the end of the month that you're going to be judged on a set of KPIs, you're going to make sure you hit those KPIs because at the end of the day, you know, if someone just looks at your facts and stats and sees that you're not hitting the KPIs, they're going to make an assumption, probably in a lot of cases, that maybe you're not doing the best thing for the customer. So I definitely think that it needs to be reflected in the way in which people are incentivized. And I did this with some of my former LDR teams, uh, lead development teams. You know, we had a lot of KPIs which were focused on volume, but it wasn't necessarily getting us the highest quality leads. So we changed some of those KPIs to be more focused around things like, um, you know, looking at the total value to the customer, looking at volume, but also being more focused on the quality of leads that were being passed, for example, between marketing and sales. When it comes to marketing, everybody is doing some form of marketing and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of noise out there. So how can an organization differentiate their marketing on experiences? Yeah, I I mean, it's really hard. I mean, because I think, you know, everything that happened in 2020 from a marketing perspective sort of went through these different stages. At the beginning, everyone was sort of just scrambling to figure out what to do. And now as we've come into 2021, I think, you know, there's a lot more thought being put into how to create differentiated experiences. And I think it comes down to thinking about things end to end. If you think of the great experiences that you have had when you've engaged with a brand, whether that's, you know, uh, in a contact center or whether that's attending an event, what made them great normally doesn't come down to just the, the tactics of it, but it comes down to the emotions, a positive feeling that the experience evoked or the attention to detail that the provider put into creating an experience that was complete and thought through. And I think that's really the key is you know, it doesn't always have to be the fanciest. It doesn't always have to be the most expensive. But that attention to detail, that feeling that you are being treated as an individual and someone has taken time to think about the end-to-end process, I think really matters. So an example of that, you know, could be when you look at things like marketing or even customer service, you know, how frustrating is it if you've just reported uh, an issue for example, and then the next email you get is uh, some email touting the wonderfulness of a service or how great something is and you've just had a poor experience. Well, you need to think about things end to end, how all the communications connect together. And that's what I think can can, uh, bring that differentiation, the attention to detail and putting the thought into you know, the complete end-to-end experience, not just a point in time. The point in time has to evoke a great emotion, but you have to think about how they all come together to create a thought-through experience. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. 
From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, I made me think of building a house. So everybody's got a foundation. Everybody's got a plan of what to do or a blueprint for that matter. But it taking that that blueprint and putting it into action and thinking through the process. So then it's the then it's the 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 frame and it's electrical and it's the drywall and it's the plumbing and you keep going until you find this finished product that you're showing in and walking into or delivering it to this customer. And then it's up to where is everything placed? Where's the furniture looking? Where's the TV go? Where's the fireplace? And it all is part of that experience. So when you look around the house and it's flawless, it differentiates you from mm-hmm. every other builder out there. Yeah. And, and thinking about those, you know, taking that analogy, right? If a builder comes to you and helps you to think about things that maybe you never thought of yourself, that's another key thing, right? So I believe that, you know, as, as marketers and as you're thinking about the customer service experience, try and, you know, get ahead of where the customer might go next, what they might be thinking of next, what the next, you know, two, three steps might be, because that's going to help you uh, differentiate as well, providing those best practices. Yeah, the one thing that I really enjoy what the contact center is starting to work through right now is artificial intelligence or AI or mm-hmm. where you can not necessarily have all AI and all self-service, which is great at the right time, but maybe it's a hybrid approach. So, so it's listening to the conversations, kind of going back to somebody and listening to somebody who's been there for 25 years so that it's making recommendations based off of those conversations or interactions with the customer. And I think that will also differentiate you on experiences as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think the role of AI and automation, actually, I think it's three things, the three A's of AI, automation and analytics, because you can leverage, you know, analytics to be able to look at things like trend analysis, patterns, learn, and then you can use that to essentially train the AI. And then you use automation to actually put it into reality. So it's this sort of virtuous circle, I think, of those three A's of AI, automation, analytics that can come together to create differentiation. But again, Again, it requires customers to sometimes just take a step back and think about, well, how do I want to use this data? How can I use AI in a practical way and put it into place to scale through automation? Yeah, I actually love uh, what Rowan Trollope says, your guys' CEO. He mm-hmm. says, human is the heart and machine is the mastery. Yeah. And he's like, don't always just put a self-service bot on chat if that's not what the human wants. Provide empathy at the right time and free up your people for all the mundane tasks. Exactly. And and that that goes down to that thinking through it, personalization. Technology is not a panacea, right? It's not AI fairy dust that you sprinkle over everything and it's like, <laughs> yay, it's going to work. You know, it, it, it requires that thought and that attention to detail again of where can technology and human work best. And I, and I do think for some time it will continue to be a hybrid uh, environment, right, where you use technology, like you say, to automate the tasks which are maybe repetitive or 
you know, can be don't and don't require empathy. But then, you know, think about it when you're frustrated. Most people will want to do self-service, right? Do do something themselves. It's quicker. It's easier. You can do it on your own time. But then when you really, you know, are frustrated and you do want to call in, at least for myself, I normally want to speak to a human. I, I want to speak to a live agent who I can engage with and, and who I can have a conversation with. And, you know, I think you can, again, leverage things like conversational AI for part of that to direct the call appropriately. But then ultimately, I think, you know, getting through to a live agent in a lot of cases is people's still preferred option. Yeah. And the only thing I would want to add on top of that is as a consumer, if I'm chatting with a bot per se, and I want to say, I'm saying representative because I can no longer get satisfied <laughs> with that process. And then they say, hey, no problem. And they say, would you like to call? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll call. And I answer the phone or I call call them in. And they say, hey, thanks for calling XYZ Company. What are you calling for? And I'm like, I just talked to your bot for the last 10 <laughs> minutes. And you didn't solve my problem. Like, send that context with the conversation so I don't have to repeat myself. Like, that is the biggest pet peeve of mine as a consumer. Yep. No, exactly. And that, again, goes back to thinking about things end to end, thinking about, you know, the attention to detail. That's key. And a lot of a lot of customers that I've spoken to over the past couple of months, that notion of uh, context and persistency is really, really key. You know, you had this in the early days of mobile applications, making sure that, you know, if you go from the laptop to the mobile to a tablet, it continually takes that context with you and understand stands at what stage you are in the journey and a contact center engagement should be no different. Yeah. So going back to marketing and in people vying for your attention, it's very tough to differentiate. So is it possible to provide personalization at scale? I think it is. I think with the tech stack out there today, it is possible. But as with much of AI and ML, again, it's not that that fairy dust, right? As much as it can help, I still believe that there is a need for humans to bring that logic, forethought and personalization to the table to really make it work. So I think uh, the tech stack that's out there does help you to do personalization at scale, but it also requires uh, it requires that additional level of thought and human engagement to think about what does personalization at scale really mean? Because at the end of the day, as you mentioned, as Rowan talks about, you know, the machine or the AI and automation is going to help you uh, master. It's going to help you probably be more efficient and more effective and get volume and velocity. But when you think about the value add, in a lot of cases, AI can help you maybe surface some of those things and analytics can help you surface what you might want to look at. But the interpretation and application of it, I think in some cases does still require that that human engagement. Yeah, I completely agree. So when it comes to customer service, do you believe it's kind of a lost art today? (laughs) Interesting. I don't think it's a lost art, uh, but I do think that for many, it is an empty shell. Very few businesses are going to say that customer service, customer experience is not important to them. But are they willing to put their money where their mouth is and ensure that everyone in the organization, every process, every decision is customer focused? So a great example of this was a few weeks ago, I wanted to change one of my utility contracts. I had every intention of staying with the provider and you know, but their automated customer service was so bad that after a very frustrating call where I was, you know, routed a million times to be told, 
call back on Monday because our call center isn't currently open. It wasn't until I got to a human that I calmed down and I experienced what I would consider good customer service. But it shouldn't have been the case. The automated engagement should not have caused me to be frustrated. And if there would have been a bit more thought, for example, in the way that the automated message was presented to your earlier point, e.g. knowing that I'd already pressed two, I'd pressed one, and I told the IVA my issue three times, the frustration would have been alleviated. Or if the message would have said, sorry, we cannot handle your request at this time, please leave your number and we'll schedule a callback when the contact centre is open. It would have been different, but instead, you know, hearing me use the words complaint, issue, thinking of leaving, and then eventually writing me to a message that says, oh, thank you for your call, our contact centre is not open, please call back at 7am, wasn't exactly a great experience. So that, that to me is like... They've thought through, great, use conversational AI, use IVAs, use AI and automation to write calls, but then taking it all the way through to the message that the customer receives, that's the bit where, mm, did we really think through all of the different options? It's not always possible, right? You can't always predict everything that someone's going to say, but I think that's that was a, just a great example that that drove it home to me that, Customer service isn't a lost art, but it can, in many cases, be an empty shell, and it does require additional thought, right? Like with anything, like with any art form, you have to practice it, you have to be thoughtful about it. So in my experience, it would have been a lot better, you know, with that differentiated message. But in this case, the provider clearly only went halfway to solving the problem. They implemented automation, good they had conversational and you know natural language call steering, good, but they didn't think about the responses and creating empathy given what the prior responses had been. It's frustrating, but not only is that frustrating, but now you're telling a whole lot of people on a podcast about it, which is yeah. <laughs> which is very a big it's a big deal, right? So it's not just no longer would you tell your neighbor or you tell your your spouse or whoever else, but you're now telling potentially thousands of people on social media or or other about the frustration time you have. And I know you didn't mention the name, but there's plenty of people that do. For sure. And, and, and you know, listen, I, I, and that's the thing, because I think in, in the, the world that we live in now, you know, people want a way to share, share to, to be able to share their experiences for good and share their experiences for bad in some cases. But that's how it is. And, and I think the more awareness we can create as a community, right, the more, you know, the, the, the better the customer service and customer experience is going to be. Right. So I, I think it's it's like with anything, it's great to have as much transparency. And that goes back to listening to your customers. Right. You know, did they ever get back to me, you know, and, and sort of, you know, look through the data and say, hey, you know, we, we had a customer that, you know, replied really poorly on the after call survey. Did they come back to me and close the loop, as I talked about in the beginning? No, they didn't. So my desire to switch was a lot higher. <laughs> In customers' expectations, which you said is now higher than it's ever been. Very much so. Very much so. People expect, you know, like in all aspects of their lives, on demand, instant, and and just, you know, expect often, you know, contact center agents are the heroes because, you know, people call them up and expect them to have all the answers all the time. 
And, you know, that's not always the case because you can't always predict for all the permutations of issues that you're going to have. And that's where the balance of human agents and using technology to make those human agents better and more efficient and more responsive is critical. Yeah. So the last question on the contact center is how do you see the contact center changing, let's say, in the next two years? Sure. So I think uh, two things. And the the first one might seem a bit odd because it might be like, well, that's been around forever. But I think uh, customers will start to clearly identify the use cases where AI and automation can clearly help them to scale and actually put AI to good practical use versus it just being a vision so that AI and automation can actually happen at scale in the contact center. Uh, Often with technologies like AI and automation, they've been around for a long time, but that um, ability to actually put them to practical use, I think, you know, sometimes does take some time. So I think that's the the first thing is that we'll start to see, you know, people have gone through a a bit of a... um, a sort of a cycle, a trough of disillusionment uh, with AI and automation. And hopefully we can start to uh, see contact centers coming out of that and actually thinking about the practical way to use it and actually making it beneficial. And then in line with this, I, I think that they will, we will see a rise in the hybrid workforce, aka where we do see things like IVAs, intelligent virtual agents, and human agents more seamlessly working alongside one another to help create meaningful customer engagements. We already see this in parts in some industries, but I think it's going to become more prevalent, especially since humans are one of the highest costs in the contact center. And therefore, we want to make sure that we're using uh, the live agents, the human agents on the most meaningful tasks and engagements that require a level of empathy that AI and automation haven't quite achieved yet. I personally think it's a truly exciting time to be in this space. And now it's about, you know, looking at the art of the possible and turning those visions into reality so that you can have the two sides of the house, the art of the possible, but also realizing timely results. Yeah, I'm I'm also excited and looking forward to how you can integrate with separate platforms and how you can have the best of breed in, in yeah. a lot of things and creating uh, similar to what I said at the, at the beginning is, is reducing some of the mundane tasks. So the, the contact center, even though it is the front door of the organization, it is now going to be maybe at a higher level because of the importance of it in the coming years. I think so, very much so. I think that we'll start to see like, a, um, you know, I come from an apps background, so we talk a lot about a DevOps tool chain. Uh, I think we'll see a customer experience tool chain, how different parts of the customer experience tool chain can integrate, can exchange data and can work to create a seamless experience for the customer. I think that's going to be critically important. Well said. So, Dr. Murphy, I have mm-hmm. two questions for you. Sure. Uh, the first question that I ask every guest is what book or person in customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the last year? And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all the customer service or customer experience professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. What would it say? So I think on the first one, I wouldn't, it's, it's customer experience and customer uh, service. It's but from a different angle, Innovation Stack by Jim McElvey, who is one of the co-founders of Square, because it talks to this notion of customer obsession, having a vision and just driving the best outcome for the customer. 
So Innovation Stack by Jim McElvey, because it's a great example of doing what's right for the customer and putting them first. And then the second one, the note that I would leave is walk a day in the life of your customer. Make sure you walk a day in the life of your customer and experience your brand experience through their eyes. I love that quote. And it feels like that is exactly what we talked about through this entire podcast is, is just listen to your customers and experience them and, and listen to them. And then once you listen to them and you hear what they're saying, then do something about it. Exactly. Listen, learn, and then implement. Listen, yeah. learn, implement, right? Repeat. It's a continuous journey. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And keep listening, keep learning, right? Go back to it. Think about, you know, the, the great things is when you you know, when you do a startup or when you start a, a journey or a project or whatever it is, you know, you're always listening, you're always learning. And, and I think sometimes, you know, especially as you scale, that doesn't always happen. So yeah, listen, learn, implement, repeat. Well said. Jennifer, what is the best way for my listeners to c- communicate with you or contact you or connect with you on social? Yeah, so uh, you can uh, connect with me either via LinkedIn, uh, just Jennifer Murphy, or on Twitter, at Jennifer Murphy uh, is my handle. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get engaged in some discussions and debates for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. It's always been a pleasure to connect with you. And I look forward to what you're going to be up to here as you continue your journey at Five Nine. Wonderful. Thanks for the partnership, Nick. And thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.